sector. Which is all pretty much as we see things on the screen. The foreigner had been made familiar, with just one difference. As a prelude to the investiture scene, we watch His Royal Highness Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark renounce his Greek nationality and all foreign titles to become a British citizen. The obscure and dubious foreign prince becomes a brave British war hero in front of our eyes. In reality, however, Philip had already become a British citizen earlier that year via the routine, form-filling legal process and certainly not inside Buckingham Palace. History records that Prince Philip of Greece renounced his Greek titles to receive his British citizenship on the 18th of March 1947 under the British Nationality and Status of Aliens Act, so he went by the name of plain Lieutenant Philip Mountbatten, RN, for a full eight months before his father-in-law ennobled him that November. You are watching an historical drama, dear listener, not a history documentary. The Crown is a work of creative fiction that has been inspired by the wisdom and spirit of real events. To understand Philip, we need to witness his renunciation of his foreign royal status at the very moment we first meet him, the better to savour his full entry into the House of Windsor the next day. What you see on the screen is both truth and invention, in the age-old tradition of historical drama. Friedrich Schiller's revered and much-translated Maria Stuart, first staged in 1800, is often cited as the classic example of a history play, depicting the bitter clash of personalities where Mary, Queen of Scots, came face to face with Queen Elizabeth I, except that in history, the two women never met. As this book will demonstrate, The Crown is based on meticulous factual research, but it is also a TV show, an artfully arranged assemblage of pixels whose purpose is to entertain, to explore great characters and themes in the life of a nation, and to winkle out the meaning of extraordinary events. The ultimate power of the ancient and modern British monarchy lies in its capacity to generate heartfelt emotion, sometimes angry and hostile, but more usually curious and admiring, and always sentimental to an extraordinary degree. Of the various forms of government that have prevailed in the world, wrote the historian Edward Gibbon, an hereditary monarchy seems to present the fairest scope for ridicule. These are the paradoxes that Peter Morgan seeks to address in The Crown, whose drama revolves around two very real people, Elizabeth Windsor and Philip Mountbatten, and the extraordinary lifetime's adventure on which they embark together. It's the dramatization of a seven-decade relationship, a love story that is both simple and highly complicated. So that is why episode one of the series does not begin with the accession of Queen Elizabeth II in February 1952, nor with her solemn crowning in June the following year, grand constitutional landmarks though both events were. We first meet Elizabeth, half a decade earlier, on the eve of her wedding to Philip. In reality, neither of the couple has ever been quite sure precisely where and when they first met but they do recall exactly when they first took serious notice of each other. We may have met before, wrote Princess Elizabeth in 1947, trying to be helpful in response to a court correspondent's request, at the coronation 
of George VI in May 1937, or the Duchess of Kent's wedding in November 1934. As direct descendants of Queen Victoria, Elizabeth and Philip were both children of the glamorous and fading miasma of 19th century European royalty that still gathered for such events. But the first time I remember meeting Philip, wrote Elizabeth, heavily underlining the word remember, was at the Royal Naval College, Dartmouth, in July 1939, just before the war. The meeting had been masterminded by George VI's cousin, Lord Louis Dickey Mountbatten, who, like the king, had trained at Dartmouth as a naval cadet. The Mountbatten destiny had been intertwined with that of the House of Windsor since the reign of Queen Victoria. Dickey, like George VI, was one of her great-grandchildren, and his father, Louis, had been first Lord of the Admiralty at the outbreak of the First World War.